Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So if this is your first time tuning in, I want to take a minute and pause and just welcome you into the Kelly family. And I want to let you know that this entire show exists for you. If you are an organizational leader, maybe you're brand new into management or you're just wrestling with a topic that's really tough and you want as much wisdom as possible, we'd love to turn that into an episode to help you and get in um, an industry expert to be able to answer that question specifically. Or if you know someone who would just make a great guest, maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's a personal life coach, maybe it's just someone uh, you're just friends with and they they just have a great um, wisdom within leadership, we would love to hear from you. The best way to connect with us is through email. So send us an email to ROIPod, that's ROIPOD at IUPUI.edu. Again, ROIPOD at IUPUI.edu. So how many of us can look at our Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, fill in the blank social media category or, or platform and have more than a hundred friends or connections? It's pretty common. You know, we actually kind of laugh at times, I think, when we see people or hear people that have only 10 connections, 50 connections. You know, if you don't have more than a hundred connections, it seems like ah, maybe I'm not doing something right. But it's not about the numbers. It's not about how many people are checking the boxes or how many people fill in our quote unquote friend group online. It's really about how and if those friends are helping us. Are they helping us make connections? Are they helping us with ideas? Are they helping us get jobs or clients or fill in the blank? And if not, well, maybe we're doing something wrong. So today we are going to focus on how do we build incredible networks that not only we help to build and, and work at and, and help uplift the people in our networks, but then when the question comes and the time comes, how then do we turn around and just say, hey, I need help. How can we, how can that uh, come full circle? So today I'm honored to be joined by Alex Yader. He's an entrepreneur who just sold 32 Verizon stores, now owns multiple short-term rentals, and is a franchise owner of Everbull a craft superfood franchise. Also want to mention on one of my really good friends, Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor. Now, uh, one thing I, I want to be candid, uh, as everyone on this show uh, needs to know, is Alex is probably the greatest network builder. I think you can go into a room and by the end of the day, have everyone's name, number, some sort of personal connection with, and then know after that, how then do we connect them all? And how do I get this person over here because they need the help over here and then get this person? You're just like a master when it comes to building connections. And so just want to honor you on that, letting you know. Um, and so I want to start with that. Like what, let's, from the base baseline, you know, talk about what is a good network? Like what should a network be? So that way we can work toward building to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, um, for me, the, like my, my gift of being able to connect people comes out of the thought process of I'm, I'm building relationships to serve people. Right. And, um, I don't think, oh, what can this person do for me? I think, what can I do for this person? Or who do I know that can make an impact in this person's personal life, business life, uh, faith life, whatever that is. Uh, so I get excited and I get passionate about that, right? And um, so when I'm connecting with people, a lot of times, like that's right where my mind goes. It honestly rarely goes to, 
oh, wow, you, you could work with my organization or you could be a potential investor in one of the projects we're working in. Um, I have just found that um, having that mentality, and I think it's just a mentality that I got from my parents and seeing my parents because they've always are, have a community focus, serving their church, serving their community, uh, and just always being there for people. You know, and I think that's a tough mindset to at, at times to embrace because, you know, we're always trying to at some point think, okay, I, I do need this. Like I have this pressing issue as a leader, personally, professionally, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, and, and I think at times, you know, when we come into a conversation, you know, it's, it may be hard to let our ego down or let our needs kind of take take the um, secondary and uplift, you know, someone else's needs. And so talk about, I mean, for, for people who wrestle with, well, yeah, but then how do you get yourself then served or how do you then um, receive uh, when it's your time, you know, talk about, have you had op- moments when it's kind of, I guess, quote unquote, bit you in the butt, or is that not have been a thought because of that mindset? There's been times where um, I'd say my, my kind heartedness has bit me in the butt Right. Uh, you know, but honestly, it's not something it's it's uh, there's way more wins than losses uh, with that. Um, you know, so when it comes time that I feel like I need help from somebody, I need wisdom. Right. Uh, when Whenever it comes to a point where I need to I have a tough decision, I pray and seek wise counsel. So what I'll do is I'll go through my network and I'll think, OK, who is the person to talk to about this? And I'll use an example of a mutual friend of ours, Mason McDonald. Um Seven or eight years ago, we were in the process of going from six Verizon stores to 12 Verizon stores, and we were fearful of how are we going to double our staff. And I went to Mason McDonald and was just having a casual conversation with him about it, and he gave me some timely advice that I was able to use, and I've carried on even to this day on how to grow your team and um, you know how to, how to grow your team through your network. Uh, so that was, that, that was a perfect example of you know cashing in. I love the term relational equity. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of relational equity with a lot of people because, um, I've served a lot of people and people know that, um, that they can count on me. Um, if it's, if it's within my power, I'm going to help people or find them somebody that's going to be able to help them. And I was going to say that, you know, the thing is, is a lot of times when we're, you know, trying to grow an organization or trying to lead a team, I mean, our plate can be pretty full as is. So then to think about, oh, in order for me to connect with this person, like I need to add another responsibility in order to then, you know, create that, uh, relational equity. Um, so how do you manage that? You know, how do you navigate through knowing when, um, when and where to kind of create some boundaries? So you're not then kind of overkilling yourself for maybe like a really small ask later down the line, or, you know, how do you navigate through juggling your own personal workload along with, Hey, I want to, I want to serve you because I want to get to know you. I, speed is definitely the best thing, right? Um, if I uh, if I have somebody that reaches out to me, I just had this happen today. Somebody s- sent me a text message, said, hey, I'd love to get on your calendar to meet up. So I looked at my calendar. I said, hey, I can meet you at one o'clock right after prayer. That doesn't work for him. Okay, are you open at four o'clock, right? So I look and fill that need immediately. And I, I take action on that meeting immediately. And then while I'm in the meeting, I will get a better understanding on what they're looking for, where they need some help. 
I honestly am rarely the guy that is giving the wisdom. I'm rarely the guy that's actually helping, but I know somebody else that's going to be able to do it. So today, as the example, I'm going to sit down with this guy, figure out what's on his heart, what he's looking for some help with. And then in that meeting, I'm going to figure out, okay, who's the best person in my network to connect him with? And I'm going to do it right then and there. I'm going to shoot a text message or get on the phone and say, talk to, talk to whoever that next person is. Say, Hey, is it okay if I connect you with so-and-so? And then I'll, I'll, um, send contact information and then really just pass it on. Right. So it's, it's speed because if I, um, if I push it out and said, Hey, get with me in a couple of weeks, well, that couple of weeks, that calendar is going to get filled up. So I try to do things really quickly. I am horrible at planning. I am horrible at organization. I am very bad at that stuff. So I know like, I just, I, 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 I live each day moment by moment and, and, uh, and, uh, day by day, hour by hour. And, uh, uh, just thank God that um, I have margin, uh, time margin to be able to to do that kind of stuff. And I think you brought up something that's interesting is, you know, you talk about how if I can't do it and it doesn't fit in the speed or if I don't have capacity because of other, you know, X, Y, and Z that is going out of my life, you brought up the idea of, wait, well, who do I know? Like, how how do I know? And I think in order to get to someone know, you know, the, the, there's a key point of listening, you know, so talk about, you know, how do you, when you're sitting in a conversation, what does your mind do? Like, what are you listening for? How do you actively listen, um, not only just to get to know them, but then also with the radar to then figure out who to connect them with? I think that obviously comes with time. So, um, you know, my, I'd say my network, a lot of it has grown through small groups, um, with, with the church. Um, but then also groups outside of the church, um, connecting with other Christian business owners throughout the city of Indianapolis. Uh, so just always being, always doing lunch meetings, always doing lunch meetings with multiple people. Right. So getting in front of a lot of people. Right. And then, you know, it's, it's just that, is there that connection? And like you said at the beginning, like I'm, you know, my, my mom is a, 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 a Greek goddess. Her name's Athena, Athena, right? And she's just this amazing host, hostess. And, um, you know, I, I, I get a lot of that from her where when I get into a room, it's like I love just connecting with people. I, love, I just love learning about people. I love learning their stories, their experiences. Um, but then I also have a pretty good radar for their integrity, Um, and are they, are, do they have a heart for people? Right. And if, if they, if we match, if there's like a spiritual connection there, right. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, uh, I, I know that's somebody that, um, Hey, I would, I would help them with whatever they need. And, um, I usually don't think instantly like, Ooh, this person's probably going to be very helpful for this situation. It's just when the time comes and that, that problem pops up or that, that, there's a, there's something that needs to be solved with, with another person. Um, boom, the Holy spirit will remind me of like, Oh, you need to connect that person with Joel. Joel said he was looking for people, you know, cause there's, there's, and I'll use jobs as a situation, right? Like right now around Indianapolis, there are tons and tons of awesome business owners that are looking for awesome people and are willing to pay them very good money. And then on the flip side, there are a lot of people that are looking for jobs, right? There's, I, there's, there's a gap in the marketplace with, you know, whether it's Indeed or whatever, whatever platform out there, they're just, it's not localized enough to really have a great impact. Somebody needs to solve that. Somebody that's listening needs to create something just for Indianapolis. Uh, but I love being that. I love having people come to me saying, Hey, I'm looking to make a career change. And then I just get to go through my list of all my friends that are looking for people 
Um, you know, and, and sometimes those those referrals will lead to Pacers tickets or, you know, something else fun. And I think uh, one of the things you brought up and I want to kind of uh, lean into a little bit is the idea of how do you filter your network? You know, like when you do develop a network and you do get to know people, I mean, obviously there's at some point there's a filtration process that happens either intentionally or unintentionally um, that you bring people in closer or you kind of keep people at, you know, a little bit more arms arms length because of, you know, like you said, do they have the integrity or do they have the right motivation intention, whatever, fill in the blank, you know, for whatever you define as a, a solid network connection. So in your, in your world, you know, how do you filter, um, you know, and, and how do you, uh, kind of work through some of those challenges of these are people that I do want to keep closer, but then more importantly, these are the people that I need to actually probably keep a little more at a distance because I got to protect, they don't have the best intentions yeah, in that's, mind. That's a great question. Um, I, I think it starts with, and, and trust me, this has been a, I finally nailed this over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, I'm 45 years old, uh, and, and I'm, I'm just very thankful that a few years ago, um, I set out a goal to find some mentors in my life was leading an organization with a lot of employees and, um, but I didn't have mentors in my life and, and I set out to go find mentors and I found three, four five mentors. So I think that inner circle like you always have to have mentors in your life, right? So you always have to have people that are pouring into you so then you can go pour into others, right? So I have a good inner circle that I'm pouring into. I have a good of, let's say it's two, three, four, five people that I'm pouring into. Um, and then I have a good uh, mentor circle of two, three, four, five people that are pouring into me. And then I have this group of, you know, five to 10 people that are my really closest friends that we, we talk real estate, we talk NFTs, we talk crypto, we talk about being a husband, we talk about being a father, we talk about being a man of God. So I have that network of people that were, were really on the, the same level, for lack of better terms, and we're walking through life together. Um, but then I also know like I'm, I, I'm built to give to others. So I'm always looking for people to spend time with um, and, you know, really passionate about finding that young Christian uh, person at the church that wants to start a business. And I love when they come to me, I get so excited and then just start helping them make connections and then take their idea, get it put down on paper and then watch them go launch a business. That's, that's one of the most exciting things that I get to do. Talk about, you know, when that time comes and it, you, you do have to like, you know, leverage and you want to leverage your network. And even before that, you know, as you want to maintain a healthy network, how do you ensure the health of your network? Like, what do you do weekly meetings? Are you doing a monthly check-in? Do you have your own kind of internal reminders or is it just kind of something as it pops up, you're just connecting? Um, you know, talk about how you um, just manage, you know, once you've built this network and you work toward loving people, helping them out, leveraging, you know, how can I make them successful? Um, but how do you then, once, the, once people are in your network, maintain that presence or maintain people to make sure that, Hey, I haven't forgot about you. Hey, you know, no, I'm still, I still value your wisdom and input because a lot of times, you know, it can just be, if it's good, nothing said only when it's bad, we get feedback. Right. Or, or worse when it's bad, you don't get feedback. Right. And, um, I would say that I'm probably a C plus student at that because going back to my lack of organization. So, uh, Consistent meetings in in large uh, group settings, in small group settings, um, consistent meetings in smaller group settings, group texts, right? So where you have your group of friends, four or five of you, you're in constant group texts where one day you're joking around about the Pacers and then the next day you're talking about, um, hey, 
uh, I could use some prayer requests for this, right? So I say that's the best, but then also we, we got to have our eyes turned on to our network that we, if, if somebody's not communicating with us, that there's probably a problem and that we're being proactive. I also, um, this is a principle that I picked up seven or eight years ago. Whenever I was feeling, um, when I was feeling anxious, stressed, uh, anything, even a little bit depressed, uh, overwhelmed, whatever, uh, opposite of the fruits of the spirit, I use that as a trigger to, I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to text five to 10 people, not at the same time, just individually and just say, Hey, I love you. I hope everything's going good. So it's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting the fruits of the spirit back out into the world. So I, I do a really good job of staying in contact with my network through mainly through text messaging. Um, you know, and then some of the people like, it's like local people, it's text messaging. And then on social media, you have these like virtual friends, like you, like I would call them that I talk to all the time. I got a buddy that's in Vegas, uh, Jared, that, you know, I, I've never met this dude face to face, but like, I, like, it's so funny cause I consider him one of my best friends and we'll do video calls at like, you know, nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday at six o'clock for him. He's sitting out by the fire, just getting the creative juices flowing and stuff like that. So, um, so it's different. It's, it's different with everybody. Um, and, and it's definitely something that I want to be more intentional about going forward. You know, now that comes a time when it's all right, you know, we work to build our network. We, um, trying to do what we can to make sure that I, I think there's such value in helping people first, like help others before being helped. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's such a core tenant, I think for great leadership, great management. And so when a time comes then, okay, Hey, you know, I do want to leverage my network. Like I have this problem. I have this ask. Maybe, you know, I'm in a job and I want to branch off and either start something in a field that I know nobody in, or I want to go to a state or, you know, move jobs into a complete, completely different place that I know nobody, you know, how, how do you then begin to leverage that network and say, Hey, you know, Hey everyone, I, I'm, I need help. You know, what, where does that start? Um, and then how do you make the ask? Yeah. And, and I, I prefer to do the ask one-on-one. -on -one. I prefer to do the ask over a phone call. Um, and it's, it starts with me spending some time and thought on who would be the best person to talk to about that. Right. And I'll use the example of Everbull. We, um, we bought the rights, uh, to the state of Tennessee, uh, to sell franchises, to do franchise development in the state of Tennessee. And, um, I directly reached out to some friends that, I knew that we're living in the state of Tennessee to ask them, Hey, this is what we're doing in the state. If you know anybody that may be interested in owning their own franchise, we're, we're the guys to talk to. I would love to talk to. I just want to talk to as many people as possible. Right? So I, it wasn't a big ask. Right. And I wasn't directly asking that person. Well, that person ended up being one of the ones that signed with us. Um, so typically I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm just going to cut to the chase and, or, you know, if it's, let's say it's partnering on a short-term rental opportunity, I'm going to get, pick up the phone and say, Hey, Bob, um, we're looking at this property in North Carolina. Um, I know you've had some interest in short-term rentals. Would you like to sit down and look at what a potential joint venture might look like in this? And, and even to, you know, when it comes to, um, uh, like career change or opportunities there, you know, I feel like sometimes people kind of get this fear of, you know, I, I just don't know, like, I don't want to burden them. You know, I, you know, I would rather help 
you know, like I'm one of these people where like, I would rather help everyone. And then when it comes to my terms, like, it's good. I, I can figure it out. Like I'm, I, I got this because I don't want to burden you. And I know the work that it may entail on your end, you know, so how even as an organizational leader, do you, um, if, if you wrestle with those thoughts, like what wisdom have you had to learn or what's some of the lessons you've learned to kind of understand others' perspectives, um, that are contrary to what maybe like our conscious tells us. Yeah. And I, I think that is, I literally think that's an attack from the enemy because the enemy is really good at attacking us at that point, right? Um, something switched for me when, I, you know, I would say if I was to ask you like, hey, Matt, if I was in a pinch and I needed some information and I reached out to you, how would you feel about that, right? You'd be like, absolutely, Alex. Like, why would you would be frustrated if I didn't reach out to you about, hey, Mason's interested in drumming. I'd love some advice, yeah. right? Like you would be frustrated. And it's the same thing for me. Like if you, if you lined up your network of people and said, man, I was struggling with this and I thought about reaching out to you and I didn't, they would be furious that you didn't reach out. And it's the same thing, vice versa. Like that is the truth. That is absolute truth. So once I realized that that's, that's not the way we're built to operate, right? You build great relationships, you earn it. You have to earn that relationship. Then you, then there's no issue with reaching out to people people and asking for help eventually gets to the time. And this is the cool part is, you know, kind of working through these principles. Um, you get to this point where you just make this one connection that you just, it almost puts you in your chair and you have to sit back and you're just going, there's no way I met this person. There's no way I have this person's phone number or, you know, feel like this amazing mentor or celebrity or whoever it may be that kind of worked their way in your network. Um, and then gets to the point where it's like, okay, if, if all those feelings of insecurity and doubt and everything else were, you know, maybe at this level, uh, at, at one level, when you're trying to leverage your network, thinking about asking someone who is in this way higher caliber makes those feelings even just like way more daunting. So, you know, when, when you reach out or when you make connections with people that just kind of have you on the floor, like, how do I know this person? Does it change? Do any of these principles change? Are you more tactical when you have conversations or do you just kind of operate and what's already been done? Right. I think I would say that I'm definitely more tactical. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking through like, I'd, I'd say the only, usually, usually what happens is I've spent enough time in relationship with them that it doesn't, it, it doesn't become a big ask or it doesn't become an uncomfortable ask. Right. So I would say like people that I, uh, like when I first built that relationship with them, it was like, well, I, I can't believe that I'm getting to hang out this guy. This guy's such a successful business guy in, in Indiana. And, and um, you know, and then you build relationship, you build relationship with him. So when it comes time for that ask, it just doesn't seem as daunting. And then when it comes to, you know, uh, maybe relationships where you're not as strong, I'm always thinking about like, okay, how can this be extremely beneficial for this person? uh, for that ask. Right. Um, and you know, that, that was the example of, you know, where we're at right now with our, uh, Everbowl and the Midwest. Um, the story is, you know, we, um, we went to San Diego to meet with the Everbowl team with the intentions of buying four or five stores in the state of Indiana. And when we got there, the, the founder of Everbowl said, Hey, I would rather you guys not go to Indiana because there is a future Hall of Fame quarterback that is going to be taking Indiana and Louisiana. Now, you guys are first, so it's up to you. If you guys take it, you take it. And we felt it was best for the brand to allow Drew Brees to have Indiana and to have Louisiana. 
but we asked for one store because we knew that if we were going to be selling franchises or doing franchise development, that we needed that one store. So we actually knew what we were talking about. Right. Uh, so we, we, we did what we thought was best for Everbowl. So that kind of set the stage. We get our store open. Well, one of Drew Brees's partners uh, happens to be going downtown to look at a location. I went to go look at the location with him and I gave him my honest advice on it. We started to build a little bit of a friendship and we met together and I got Everbowl's permission to ask them or pitch them on the idea of, hey, instead of you guys opening 20 stores, 15 employee per store, that's a very daunting task. Why don't you look at doing the franchise development where we are, and I didn't say we to start, but uh, we are finding franchise owners that want to open in Fort Wayne. They want to open in Avon. They want to open in Lafayette, wherever that is. And we will support them along the way. So we don't have leases and we don't have employees, right? The money's not as good, but the money's a lot easier, right? And uh, I, I, I pitched it in a way where um, you guys should do this and I'll help you do this with no expectations in return is what I said. And then at the end I said, or we could do it together and we could go crazy because I love this brand. I know this brand's going to be amazing. It's an emerging concept. We all believe in it. We could grab all of the, all of the Midwest and go crazy with this thing. And I'll do all the heavy lifting. I'll, I'll build a team to do all the franchise development. Uh, so, so that big ask to Drew and his partners really was through the mindset of like, I, I honestly know that it's an amazing opportunity for them. I know it's an amazing opportunity for them. And it's also an amazing opportunity for Mitch, my business partner and myself as well, because we get to be business partners with Drew Brees, which is really cool. And you know, I mean, that's a huge and daunting ask. It seems at, at times because, you know, to hear no from, I mean, to someone off the street potentially is, is like, okay, you know, like I'll hear no, I'll hear no and it just move on and find no. But then to hear no from someone that's, you know, like of that caliber of, you know, of that of wealth and status and everything else, I mean, it could be, a, I mean, even more daunting thing. So, you know, how did you, um, how did you prepare yourself for if, if you were to hear no, or how did you prepare yourself of, of, of just knowing that, okay, you know, if this doesn't work out, like what next? I thought it was such a long shot that uh, the fact they said yes was surprising. So, I mean, honestly, uh, uh, Ben, Drew's buddy, uh, called me two weeks later and he was like, hey, I talked to Jason and Ben and we're in. And I was like, we're in for what? What do you mean? He's like, let's do this. Like, we're, we, we love the idea. And we started to get on Zoom calls together and we started to talk through the idea. So we were, I mean, just complete transparency. We were so busy with everything that was going on. I wasn't sitting there thinking, um, you know, I wonder if this is going to go one way or the other. Um, you know, so it was just a massive blessing when we got that. And, you know, now that the deal is, uh, signed and, um, you know, Everbowl's putting the press release together and everything, uh, now is when the work begins, but it's, it's absolutely fun work because it goes back to what we've been talking about where I get to go to my network and I get to be a business coach and I love being a business coach. I get to help people that want to make that jump into owning their own business or they own their own business and they want to and they want to own multiple other businesses and bring this, what I believe is an amazing, amazing concept to them. And we're bringing an amazing concept to the Midwest, right? The, the, like our Noblesville store is absolutely killing it. It was two degrees outside and we had people lined up to get cold acai bowls. It was, it was just really cool. And soon as that happened, we were like, okay, this can work in the Midwest. Um, and we were just really excited about it. So when I get excited about something, I, I don't share things unless I've spent a lot of time in it myself. Like I like to do it first. 
Um, same thing with short-term rentals. Like, yeah, I'm excited about short-term rentals, but I want to get a good six months to a year in the books to actually understand the numbers before I really start talking to my friends about it. But once I know that something's legit, um, I'm typically an early adapter. Once I know something's legit, I, I just can't help but share because like, I want my, I want to, I love taking people with me, um, to the victory and I view, uh, short-term rentals, crypto, Everble, all that thing. Like, that's what my, my boys roll, roll their eyes when I talk about it. Cause anytime I'm in the dr- the truck driving them back and forth, I like to say I'm their Uber driver for work. Like they're like, that's all I talk about. I'm either talking about crypto, short-term rentals or Everbull nonstop all the time. You know, and finally, as we begin to wrap up the episode, I want to talk about, and, and we continue to build, we continue to get people in and we're growing our network. Um, and even after these asks and tough asks, I mean, we want to keep bringing people into our network and always reaching out and, and making new connections. You know, one question that I, I didn't get to ask, and I think it's really important is, how do you deal with phony, phony people? I mean, especially when you come in, in, in the professional world, you get a lot of people at face value, man, they just seem rock star awesome. But then when it comes to the ask or when it comes to things, they, you could tell they, they flake out, you know, very well. Oh, okay. Got it. That was just, you just wanted to make me feel good in the conversation. Um, you know, and so how do you, how do you navigate to, um, understand earlier, you know, people's intentions and more so people's actions before getting bit in the butt? Yeah, and I have an extreme amount of grace, and and that can bite me in the butt, right? So disclosure there. Uh, I run it through the lens of um, I'm still going to be involved in that person's life, but it's just not going to be as much, right? I I don't ghost people. I don't not return calls or not return text messages, and I'm honest. I'm just extremely transparent with people. They usually show their intentions very quickly, by uh, trying to sell me something or ask to use my network for something for their personal gain, right? So usually they've exposed themselves through that very, very quickly. Um, and I, like, once again, I'm going to stay in that person's life because they're, they're a child of God, right? And they're, while they're not where they need to be yet, I may be that person or I might be able to connect them with that person that's going to help put them over the top so they start to become more unselfish instead of selfish with their intentions and with their thinking. So I still say stay involved in them and I still love on them, um, but uh, I'm not going to give them access to my network um, you know, with, with, unless I know their intentions are pure. Again, Alex Yader, entrepreneur who just sold 32 Verizon stores, now owns multiple short-term rentals and is the franchise owner of Everbowl, a craft superfood franchise. Thank you so much. We're so honored to have you and sharing your wisdom here on the podcast. Appreciate you, sir. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.